The Moth Podcast is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Support for The Moth comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash moth. That's odoo.com slash moth. Odoo, modern management made simple. Welcome to the Moth Podcast. I'm your host for this week, John Good. This week, we have a story from the Moth's global program about home and how complicated that word can be. For me personally, for most of my life, home was Richmond, Virginia, and more specifically, the house I grew up in on the south side of Richmond. That was home. Then, at some point, I realized that actually what home was for me was my mother. Wherever my mother was, that was home. Then I got a bit older, graduated high school, went off to college, and college felt a lot like home. My dorm room, uh, the friends I'd made, the community I'd created, felt like home to me. Graduated college, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, home of the lemon pepper wings, all flats fried hard. And Atlanta felt like home. Lemon pepper wings always feel like home. I met a very nice young lady. We got married, and she became home. Wherever she was, was home for me. The marriage did not work out, (laughs) as half of marriages in America uh, do not. And then I discovered the most important thing, that actually home was wherever I was. That the, the most consistent thing in all of these places I considered home was me. And if I could just accept that I was home, then I could never lose home again. Our story this week is from Andrew Muday. Andrew told this story at a global community showcase in partnership with the Aspen Institute's New Voices Fellowship. The theme that night in Washington, D.C. was Frontlines. Here's Andrew, live at the Moth. It was a hot but breezy morning in mid-January of 2010. We were in Marsabit Town, a small, dusty mountain oasis amid the, amidst the sprawling, arid rangelands of Marsabit District in northern Kenya. We were in a church that was filled to the rafters with local leaders and curious community members who must have heard from the radio or the well-oiled grapevine that there was a livestock insurance program that was about to be launched and that it would be graced by dignitaries that are quite rare in this remote rural town. Up on the podium in the front of the church were the VIPs. There was the Minister of Livestock, the local member of parliament, the Director General of my home institute, the CEO of our insurance company, and a couple others waiting to make their remarks. My team and I were sat on the front row, an honor for spearheading the research and development program that gave rise to this livestock insurance initiative. But we had done our work, 
And so we're sitting back and waiting for the show uh, to carry on. And you know, I'd already started daydreaming about the after party my colleagues and I had set up. You know, we would go and uh, pat ourselves on the back, exhale, have a good time. And the next morning, we'd pack our bags and head back to the city, Nairobi. On the mic was the CEO of Kenya's fastest growing bank and the, and the agent, the agent for the insurance product. Uh, he was a master of ceremony. And so he launches right into, um, um, into the event. Welcome, he says. I'm very excited to be here in front of you to bring for you this, this product that we believe is going to solve some of the main challenges that you have as a community. We know here that livestock is so important for you. It's the main source of nutrition for your kids. It's the main source of income for school and many of, many of your other needs. But we know that year after year, you live in fear of the regular droughts that come and wipe away this asset, and you have to start all over again. And so with this livestock insurance program, we'll give you a chance to be compensated when you have this loss, to help you get up and recover quite quickly. But more, he says, I am proud because this product that I'm bringing is a product that was designed and developed by a son of this area. Andrew, he looks over to me. Please, come on stage and welcome the community and explain to them in local language what it is that you have brought to them. Local language? <laughs> Someone must have told the CEO that I, I was from Marsabit, but they forgot a crucial fact, that I didn't know the local language. I hadn't grown up there, but my parents were born in Marsabit, both of them. They grew up there, but they were fortunate to be uh, amongst the first um, to be schooled in the area by missionaries when schooling was still a novel concept. And they were actually the first boy and girl in the area to finish high school, and they moved to Nairobi, they went to college, they fell in love, got married, got jobs, had kids, you know, the, the typical middle-class trajectory. And then my dad, he became a diplomat, and at the age of nine, um, we left the country. And for the next decade, we traveled four different countries across four different continents. And uh, I graduated high school when we were at the United Arab Emirates. And then I came here to, uh, uh, to the to United States, actually attended Gettysburg College, not far from here. And when I graduated there, I moved to upstate New York, Cornell University, where I got my PhD. And then I was done. I was tired of all this moving and migrating. I was, I was tired of not having a place in which I had memories that spanned for more than a couple years amongst a familiar people in the same place. And so I decided it was time to move back to Nairobi. And I was lucky because I, I got a job as a junior scientist at the International Livestock Research Institute. And it was great because my dad had just retired. They had moved back. Most of my siblings were in Nairobi. So it was great as a place to go back and really put down my roots. And I went back, and this crazy thing happens. The first assignment I get leads me right to the heartland of my roots, to Marsabit town. And I was excited to go, uh, and that it was temporary, because Marsabit is hush, harsh country. It's far difficult to get to, infrastructure deficient, you know, not many roads, if any. And uh, the population, the livestock herding population that's there, they spend many weeks of the year traveling long distances in search of water and forage for their livestock. And, uh, well, I would have to track them as a researcher to understand what their challenges were. But I was excited, I was young, I was adventurous. 
And you know, really, this gave me an opportunity to, to, to go back to my roots, to learn where we came from and where my parents grew up and get, got reacquainted with my relatives. And now here I am in the church, a day that's supposed to be triumphant, and my vulnerability is exposed. You know, in this part of the world, ethnicity and its language is a, is a really fundamental part of identity. You know, it is, you know, how you break the ice, how you tell stories, um, how, you, how you get deep. And um, <clears throat> here I am trying to reconnect, trying to get back to my roots, and I'm lacking this critical source of legitimacy and this key to the people's hearts. And so I'm getting close to the microphone. And, and all of a sudden, the heat, it's like the, the breeze that was previously flowing in through the rafters had, had abandoned me <laughs> or had paused, waiting to see what would happen. And not blessed, blessed with any hair on my head, I, I really had nothing to, to hold back the rapidly gathering sweat on my temple. I'm at the mic, and I've grabbed it. I have to think of something to say. Dado, I say. Dado, the community response. I relax a bit, because in this part of, of the country, the greetings are a series of answer-response pairs, so at least I know I can engage the crowd. <laughs> Babaro, I say. Babaro, they respond. Dagini sambadada. Badad ke sambadad. That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> and they silence, an extended silence, a bit of muttering in the crowd. And so finally, I have to fess up. And sorry, I say. I, uh, I, I hope you allow me to address you in English. You know, like uh, the members of this community that migrate. My parents also migrated in search of opportunity. But they went a bit too far, crossing the oceans and the mountains. <laughs> And in the process, we did lose some things. And uh, as you can see, I lost the language. But at least we didn't lose the way back home. And in coming home, I have brought you something that I hope at least will compensate for the loss in language. And as I looked out to the church, the congregation, and I could see some of my aunts and aunties uh, <clears throat> amongst the community members, the dignitaries, my team, I felt myself reaching out for a source of identity that was beyond language. I find myself really wanting to communicate to them how valuable their lives were to me and how important their welfare was. And so without really realizing it or you know, understanding what the implications were, I made a promise to commit to them. And I said, you know, this thing we bring to you um, I'll keep coming back, and we'll make sure that it makes the difference that we think it will. And we'll learn more about you and understand your issues so that we can be better in the products we bring to your service. Now, several, about eight years later, I can say that I've been going back to Marsabit quite regularly. It's a lot more regularly than I'd ever imagined. Now, Marsabit ended up becoming the anchor or the laboratory of my work, my team's work. And uh, <clears throat> the people, the pastoralists heard us, 
became the focal point of our work. You know, that day, that day at the church meant a difference to me. I think it made me a more impactful scientist because I, I became more intimately involved with the community that was my focus. And more than that, I think I can now say with confidence and with pride that I have a place I can call home. That was Andrew Mouday. Andrew has nearly 15 years of experience as a scientist, program manager, and practitioner in development economics. Andrew currently works at the African Development Bank, where he continues to build technology and financial systems to create real change to agriculture in Africa. Andrew was also the 2016 recipient of the Norman Borlaug Award for Field Research and Application, which recognizes exceptional science-based achievement in international agriculture and food production by an individual under 40. We followed up with Andrew to hear about the years since his story. Here's Andrew. So my story was set about uh, 10 years ago now. And so much has happened since that hot January morning in uh, uh, northern Kenya. And while I still have a way to go before I can uh, claim command of the language, uh, my sense of identity is, is more certain and my engagement with the community more familial and at ease. And certainly my work much more impact-oriented and people-centered than I believe it otherwise would have been. Uh, so that perhaps that's why I was comfortable in finally moving further afield almost 12 years after I settled back home in Kenya. Uh, I guess once a nomad, always a nomad. Uh, so together with uh, my wife and two kids, we now live in Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire, uh, where we moved in January 2019 so I could take up a position at the African Development Bank. Uh, my passion remains and I believe will always remain in agriculture. So uh, 10 years hence, I, I hope, to have plenty more stories of community, impact, and transformation to share. That was Andrew Mouday. You can learn more about the Moth's global program on our website, themoth.org slash global dash community. That's all for this week. Until next time, from all of us here at The Moth, have a story-worthy week. John Good is the regular host of the Moth Story Slam in Atlanta and an Emmy-nominated writer, raised in Richmond, Virginia. John's debut novel, Midas, is available now wherever you purchase your books. This episode of the Moth Podcast was produced by me, Julia Purcell, with Sarah Austin-Jenez, Sarah Jane Johnson, and recording help from Tiffany Good. Andrew Mude's story was directed by Larry Rosen. The rest of the Moth's leadership team includes Catherine Burns, Sarah Haberman, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cluche, Suzanne Rust, Brandon Grant, Inga Godowski, and Aldi Kaza. Moth stories are true as remembered and affirmed by storytellers. For more about our podcast, information on pitching your own story, and everything else, go to our website, themoth.org. The Moth Podcast is presented by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, helping make public radio more public at prx.org. Support for The Moth comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. 
Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so that you can get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it, Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash moth. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash moth.